0: Let's take a moment and pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your passion. We thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you have endured on behalf of each one of us. As we meditate on that tonight, we ask for your guidance to open our eyes, to see you more clearly, lifted up on your cross, which is your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. And well, friends, uh, to me, one of the most telling moments of the gospel reading that we all participated in this evening is that that moment when we, as the voice of the chief priests, all cry out together, we have no king but Caesar. I don't think that the chief priests actually believed that statement when they made it. I don't think that they believe that Caesar was their true and rightful king. But in that moment, when they were feeling like their backs were up against the wall, when they were feeling like this man Jesus could destroy everything that they and their ancestors had built, when they felt like their religious system was at stake and their own social and political power were on the line, I think it just came out. They weren't thinking about it. They weren't planning on it but in that moment of fear and panic and rage, I think they just blurted it out. It's that moment of fight or flight when you're either going to run away or you're gonna do everything in your power, no matter what it is to win. I think that's what was happening in that moment. And if we're honest, I think that we can understand that feeling We've probably all been in situations where we felt that fight or flight impulse kick in before. We've probably been in situations where we've even made the wrong choices, like these uh, chief priests as well, where we've lied to get ourselves out of trouble, where we've said things in the moment that were contrary to our stated beliefs, where we did things in a moment of panic that we likely wouldn't have done otherwise. I know that I've done that before, And so I can see myself in that moment with the chief priests. Where I see myself less, if I'm honest, is in Jesus's incredible ability to transcend those moments of fight or flight and to demonstrate this incorruptible trust in God. Right at the very start of the gospel reading tonight, it said this. This is John 18, verses 1 through 3. When Jesus had spoken these words... He went out with his disciples across the Brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons in hand. I just want you to get a sense. This is a scary scene. Jesus is in this isolated garden with his 12 disciples who have just been sleeping, who couldn't even be bothered to stay awake while he was praying. They're in this dark and isolated place, and all of a sudden, this group of soldiers and officers with weapons in hand come to take Jesus away. I would have been terrified. If there was ever a time to respond in fight or flight, this was it, which is exactly what we see Peter do when he pulls out his sword and cuts off uh, the, the chief priest's servant's ear. But What does Jesus do? Jesus in verse four, it says, then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, whom do you seek? Jesus sees all of this. He sees this small army coming towards him with weapons and torches in hand. He knows exactly where it's going to lead. He knows that it is moving towards his own excruciating death. What does he do? Does he run? Does he hide? Does he fight? No, he actually moves towards them. He doesn't respond in fight or flight. He responds in peace. can see me or not. I apologize for that. We lost power right (laughs) right in the middle of my sermon. I'm going to trust you can hear me. Um, The music team, thank you for taking over there. I was simply saying um, that I actually understand um, the chief priests in that moment of, of when you just do and say things that you know are contrary even to your beliefs but you're still willing to do it in that moment of panic, in that moment of fight or flight. It's Jesus's incredible resolve, um, his confidence in the face of, of what is only can only be described as the terror that he knows awaits him, uh, yet he still moves forward. And so as I was thinking about this, um, it's, it's Jesus's, it's that response that Jesus has that is what I recognize as both foreign to myself, but also what I find so captivating. And as I was reflecting on this, I came across Sister Wendy Beckett's uh, Meditation on Love in one of her little books, um, Meditations on Love. And in a painting by um, Albert Herbert, which is called The Sacrifice of Abraham, based upon our reading from Genesis 22 tonight, she says this, There can be no love without trust, yet it must be an intelligent trust. Love is not blind, despite the saying, and we cannot truly give our hearts to the unknown. The story of Abraham and his only son, Isaac, has always been a daunting one. Abraham believed that God was calling him to sacrifice his son, and he was saved from this hideous action only at the last minute. I have a personal reading of this story. To me, the only one that makes sense, she says. It is that God would never ask us to do something that is evil and Abraham must have known this. So what we have is two gigantic acts of trust, each based upon knowledge of the other person and of God. Abraham could only have gone ahead in the absolute belief that, that horror would never happen, Isaac for his part, Submitted to being bound and laid on the altar, believing against all appearances that his father would not harm him. If Abraham had not known God, if Isaac had not known his father, such trust would have been madness. Love insists that we make a true judgment and then cleave to it, whatever the appearances. One of the things I think Sister Wendy is getting at here is that she's saying that love and trust depend upon knowledge. That we cannot love and trust someone we do not know. And as I think about Jesus's willingness to step into the pain and the terror and the brutality and even the God forsakenness that he knew lay ahead of him. I think it was Jesus's knowledge of his father and of his father's love that enabled him to step forward in that confident trust. Because he knew his father, he didn't have to respond in flight. He didn't have to run away. Because he knew his father's love, he did not have to respond in fight and take out his a sword or call down legions of angels. Because he knew his father and his father's love, he could step forward in confident trust regardless of what he knew he had to face that night. And so what about us? We don't know the father in the exact same way that Jesus did. Jesus even said no one knows the father except the son. But Jesus goes on and says no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. How is the Father revealed? The Father is revealed in the Son. Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And so the invitation for us on this Good Friday is to look to Jesus on the cross and there to see and to know the love of God on display for us. Arms open wide in love. And to allow that knowledge of this being God to cultivate trust in us. How can we walk in confidence and trust like Jesus did? How do we not live out of our fight and flight instincts? How do we face hardships without being overcome by them? We look to Jesus on the cross. This is God. This is God's love for us. This is love that inspires trust. This is love that enables us, as the writer of Hebrews says, to walk in confidence. I want you to hear these words again from the author of Hebrews. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We don't have to lie when we're scared. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live out of a fight or flight mentality. We can walk in confidence and trust because we know God. We can live in a place of safety and rest because we know the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ on the cross. We can live in trust because he who promised is faithful. We will struggle with all sorts of different things. We'll be tempted to respond like the chief priests at various points in our lives as we experience fear. We all struggle with trust at times. Can I really trust God? Does he really have my best interests at heart? Will he really protect me? Is he worthy of my trust? Those are all natural parts of a life of faith where we don't know all and where we experience hardships and difficulties and painful situations. But the invitation at those times and in all times is to look to Jesus on the cross. For Jesus on the cross to ground our trust in the love of God and for that trust to shape our lives. So what I'd like us to do, Scott, you could even take me down. If you can go to the next slide, I have an image of it's, the, it's part of the Eisenheim Altarpiece. Thank you. Let's just pull that up. What I would like to do is just take a minute. I want to offer you guys a little bit of time to just reflect upon this image. And before we stand and sing, I would simply invite you to meditate on this image of God's love for you. This is an image of God's trustworthiness. Can I really trust God? Look to Jesus on the cross. Does he really have my best interests at heart? Look to Jesus on the cross. Will he really protect me? Look to Jesus on the cross. Is he worthy of my trust? Look to Jesus on the cross. Let's take a couple minutes to meditate on Jesus on the cross on our behalf together this evening. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.